0: You can also subscribe at peopleprocesses.com which will give you exclusive subscriber only content here is your host rami alajil author and ceo of people processes
1: today we're going to be talking about a new q a released by the department of labor around coronavirus Now, we're all coronavirused out, but I want to hit some particular scenarios around labor and coronavirus that we seem to be getting consistently. I think this will help you. So uh, let's dive right in. Before we do, I just want to remind you, please subscribe down on the YouTube, or if you are in uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, podcasts, whichever, check us out on there. Subscribe and go to peopleprocesses.com where we have written versions of each show, show notes, downloadables, and subscriber-only content, again at peopleprocesses.com. Now let's get started. The first question is, how many hours is an employer obligated to pay an hourly employee who works a partial week because the employer's business is closed? This comes up a lot. We know under the FFCRA you have obligations to provide leave in a lot of different cases, But what about when you close your business? Well, the FLSA generally applies to the hours actually worked. It does not require employers who are unable to provide work to non-exempt employees to pay them for hours the employees would have otherwise worked. So it's very simple. If you don't have work or you're not open, you don't pay people. That's an unemployment claim, a furlough, a layoff. You can't just give them leave or you shouldn't just give them leave to do so. So uh, you have no obligation for hourly work to continue paying them. Now, the next question is, if an employer directs salaried exempt employees to take vacation or leave bank deductions, whatever you call them, maybe their personal time, or leave without pay during office closures due to the pandemic or influenza or some other public health emergency, does this impact the employee's exempt status? The answer is no, exempt employees who are salaried generally must receive their full salary in any week they perform any work, subject to certain very limited exemptions. The FLSA does not require employer provided vacation time. Where an employer offers a bona fide benefits or vacation time to its employees though, there is no prohibition on an employer requiring that such accrued leave or vacation time be taken on specific days. By requiring that, that will not affect the employee's salary basis of payment so long as the employee still receives in payment an equal amount to the employee's guaranteed salary. However, an employee will not be considered pay on a salary basis if the deductions from the predetermined compensation are made for absence occasioned by the office closure during a week in which the employee performs any work. Exempt salaried employees are not required to be paid their salary in weeks they perform no work, but... A private employer may direct an employee, so you can, you, can, you can basically direct them to take time off, you can debit their leave balance, you can even go into the negative in the case of an office closure, uh, whether a full day or a partial day, provided the employees receive the payment of an equal amount of their guaranteed salary. In the same scenario, an exempt employee who has no accrued benefits in the leave bank account or has limited accrued leave and, and the reduction result in a negative balance in the bank account still must receive the same salary for any absences occasioned by the office closure in order to remain exempt, okay? There's a great uh, WHD opinion letter, which I'm gonna link on the website that goes in a bit more detail. But to sum it up, leave, you can basically do with how you will. But uh, you must continue to pay them the full amount. If they are not going to, if if you're trying to do a pay reduction, if you're trying to not pay them, you have to do it in the entire week's bucket, okay? So you mentioned in your question, Uh, vacation, so on and so forth. But unpaid leave, right, has to be taken in full week increments. If they work an hour on Monday, you call them up and say, hey, Jack, we're closing the office for the week. Um, They still get paid for the whole week. You would use up their vacation balance. You could even put them into the negative. That would be fine as long as they get their same pay at the end of the week. And then next week, if you're still closed and they don't work at all that week, you don't need to pay them. Okay, Uh, third question. What are an employer's obligation to an employee who is under government-imposed quarantine? Okay, well, the WHD encourages employers to be accommodating and flexible with workers impacted by government-imposed quarantines. You can offer alternative work arrangements such as teleworking, work from home, uh, additional paid time off to such employees, but you are under no obligation to, to keep them there. Now, if they are personally ill or taking care of someone who's ill, then that falls under FFCRA. But if there's a broad quarantine order, say no one's allowed to come to work, uh, say you're allowed to have your store open, but no one's allowed to travel to it and you cannot work from home, again, that's just like scenario one where you just don't have work for them. So, um, question four, how many hours per day or per week can an employee work? I guess that's a maximum question. Uh, The FLSA does not limit the number of hours per day or per week that employees aged 16 years or older can be required to work, period. Um, You can have your salaried person work 120 hours. You probably don't want to, it's not gonna go very well for you, but you can do it. Your hourly people, same thing, but remember, you have to pay overtime, right? Uh, Anything over 40 hours a week. You can have people work as much as you would like uh, and you can require that they you could you could literally schedule someone 12 hours a day seven days a week and if they can't make it or they don't do it then that's a disciplinary issue there is no unless you have a contract big asterisk right unless you have some contract defining that uh, in most cases your schedule is, is what it is uh, Question five can an employee be required to perform work outside of the employee's job description? Yes yeah. The FLSA does not limit the type of work employees age 18 and older can be required to perform. There are restrictions on what work workers under age of 18 can do, but this is just kind of extra stuff. This is true whether or not the work asked of is listed in the employee's job description. Uh, as part of your pandemic or public health emergency planning, you may want to consult like, with us directly or your lawyer if you expect employees work outside of their job description. Uh, you may want to consult with uh, your bargaining unit representatives, if you have a union contract. Uh, that would be the places where you need to talk to someone, is if you have contracts that state otherwise. But otherwise, no. Um, if it's an at-will estate, at-will employment, uh, no, you can ask whatever. Again, not great for morale, but it's in a pandemic and you got to get your work done, I understand. Next question. May an employer encourage or require employees to telework, i.e. work from an alternative location such as home, uh, as an infection control control strategy, yes, yeah, absolutely. An employer may encourage or require employees to telework uh, all the time, uh, including based on timely information about public health authority, from public health authorities about pandemics, emergencies, or other conditions. Telework can also be a reasonable accommodation uh, if the employee maybe maybe you have everybody coming back, but you have a high risk employee, uh, or they have you know maybe they have. Asthma, and they're overweight, and they, you know, like use a, they have COPD, and all these things. Well, a reasonable accommodation would be to allow them to work from home when the rest don't. Uh, employers cannot single out employees to telework or continue reporting to the workplace on a basis prohibited by any of the EEO laws. That is a key thing. So I do want to stress that. Uh, we recently had a. Case, not it wasn't a law case but it was brought up as a major problem when a client who had um, a all-white female administrative staff and a predominantly black uh, non-office staff right they're out They they're field workers um, it gets very dicey when you have those sort of racial or anything protected by the EEO that's race, age, uh, religion, now also sexual orientation uh, or gender um, presentation. If you have large clumpings of that, you're going to wind up with problems, but uh, assuming you don't, there's no no problem with having some people work from home as long as it's not based on one of those. Um, Okay, on to the next question. In the event an organization bars employees from working from their current place of business and requires them to work at home, will employers have to pay those employees who are unable to work from home? Under the FLSA, employers generally only have to pay employees for the hours they work, whether at home or at the employer's office. However, employers must pay at least the minimum wage for all hours worked and at least time and one half the regular rate of pay for hours worked in excess of 40 hours a week. Salaried employees must receive their full salary in any week in which they perform work, which we talked about earlier, with very limited exemptions. Uh, Again, I'm gonna refer you up to that uh, wage and hour division letter that's gonna be listed on our website. When not all employees can work from home, we encourage you to consider additional options to promote social distancing, such as staggered work shifts, uh, rather than like terminations, but if you have to do it, um, if if you say, look, we're not gonna have an office, you have to work from home, and they can't work from home, and it's not protected by the FFCRA, reminder, there are certain protections under there, Uh, things like, uh, the reason they can't work from home is because they have to take care of their kids who ha- don't have childcare due to COVID. There are things, you know, that there's a 10 weeks of, 12 weeks in total of two-thirds pay uh, for that. But as far as having to pay them anyway, no. You may have to give them leave under the FFCRA, but no, uh, you do not. And once the FFCRA is over, that's not going to apply anymore. Uh, next question: are businesses and other employers required to cover any additional costs that employee may incur when they work from home? internet action, access, computer, phone lines, security, electricity, et cetera? Good question. Um, so you have to break that into those who are covered by the Fair Labor Standards Act and those who don't. So your salaried FLSA exempt people you have no obligation to do. period. It just doesn't fall under there. But for those who are covered by the FLSA, you cannot require them to pay for or reimburse you for the, uh, for the items that are business expenses, if doing so reduces the employee's earnings below required minimum wage or overtime, okay? So, um, that's a, 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 a caveat of basically, no, you don't have to pay for it, but if them buying that stuff and it's required for work, such as uh, uh, you know items for telework, that kind of thing, Um, then, you and it would lower them under minimum wage, then yeah, you gotta pay for it. That's a key thing to understand, the minimum wage requirement there. And also overtime, that matters too. So if they're working overtime, it's really difficult to dock their pay. Uh, You would dock their regular rate of pay and not affect their overtime rate. It's a little complicated. Oh, uh, one side note. If you're providing the telework uh, as a reasonable accommodation for someone with a disability, um, under the ADA, you do not have to pay for anything, period. You don't have to worry about the salary uh, thing on there. You can, but you don't have to. So say you bring everybody back to the office except the one older person who says, look, can you please accommodate me? I'm, I'm at a super high risk, um, whatever, I wanna telework. Or maybe they just actually need to telework from home. They, don't, they can't get into the office, they need to work from home, uh, they are required. I mean, you, you don't have to reimburse them for anything to make their home office appropriate for that. Okay. Next question. Uh, this one's actually from an employee's perspective. I am a salaried exempt employee uh, from the minimum wage and overtime requirements under Section 13a1 of the FLSA as a bona fide executive, administrative, or professional employee. Good for you, knowing you're um, <laughs> exactly right. Can my employer reduce my salary during the COVID-19 pandemic or an economic slowdown? Would I lose my exempt status if my employer does? Good questions. Good questions. Um, They can can reduce your salary, as long as it's perspective. So as long as they change your salary going forward, so they call you in Thursday or Friday, and they say, tomorrow, your salary is going from $100,000 a year to $75,000 a year. Not a problem. Uh, It will not result in you losing your exempt status, um, and they're allowed to do so. Uh, Any such reduction, again, has to be predetermined, rather than an after-the-fact reduction from your salary. That's the key. The other place where it's a problem, the salary changes must be what are called bona fide. That's the legal term, meaning that the change is not an attempt to evade the salary basis requirements and is actually because of the economic reality, slowdown, COVID-19, whatever, as opposed to the quantity or quality of work you performed. As a salaried person, quality and quantity judgments cannot affect your pay. So let's say that uh, you know, there are three team managers and you decide this guy, he's not doing so great we're gonna cut his salary because he keeps not showing up or half-assing, it or half, uh, excuse me, um, <laughs> not really completing his work. Everybody else keeps it the same. Well, that you have an argument that they're changing your salary due to the quantity or quality of work you perform. That could be a challenge that you've lost your exempt status. However, if all four team leaders are getting a 20% pay cut because, hey, the stores aren't are barely making money, we're losing money, guys, I need you to take a pay cut. Well, they're able to do that, again, as long as they uh, properly reduce your salary going forward, you will not lose your exempt status. Um, And and, and then of course, I will add one more caveat, which is that federally, anyway, the salary basis is $684 per week, can't be lower than that, so they can't lower you to $680 a week or $30,000 a year or whatever that would come out to, no go. Got to be at least 684 per week, and in many states like California, that number is much higher. So they can cut your salary uh, proactively uh, as long as it's for an economic reason, not your performance. No problem. You won't use your, your uh, exemption, and as long as they meet the minimum salary requirements based on that, 684 per week federally, much higher in many other states. Um, there's a fact sheet number 70, um, which is about furloughs and other reductions in pay. Uh, on the dol.gov site i'll link it at peopleprocesses.com as well so check that out okie dokie we are coming uh, that is that is it for our q a uh, thank you so much for tuning in i hope that these questions and answers help you figure something out internally as well if you have any questions for me please reach out on linkedin facebook twitter i would love to hear from you uh, instagram we're on there i don't actually know how to use that but we post pictures and My marketing person tells me when there are issues on there. Uh, Just check them out and follow us there. If you're on the podcast, please subscribe and go to peopleprocesses.com to subscribe. And if you are on uh, YouTube, like, subscribe, do the bell icon, drop us a comment, I would sure appreciate it. This topic uh, of labor is covered quite well and in depth in our Time and Labor Deep Dive on the Academy. It's normally $495. It's on sale for 75% off right now. It's about a four hour long video course with worksheets. Takes most people about a full day to go through it because there's also kind of checks and writing things out internally. You may want to check it out again at academy.peopleprocesses.com, our Time and Labor Deep Dive could be a good fit for you
0: ladies and gentlemen, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at People Processes. Go to peopleprocesses.com, subscribe, and get some of our subscriber-only content. And if you got something out of this, make sure you share it with anyone you know. Thank you for tuning in. Now it's time for you to go out there, have a great day, and get your work done.